Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 11, verses 32 through 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how we loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. On days like today, when we light the baptismal or the Christ candle or there is something special going on, right? A holy day where we get a holiday from, a holy day in the church. And certain scriptures are selected for it. There's a couple different ways in which I can determine how to come up with the sermon. I can preach the scripture or the text that was selected, right? That's normally what we do on most Sundays, right? We look at that gospel lesson, we talk about the gospel lesson. Frequently, we'll maybe tie it to one of those other readings that are in there, or we'll preach one of those other readings because it's such a rich story, we need to hear them. That's what we do probably 90% of the time, but not all of the time. There are certain Sundays in which I want to preach the day, meaning I want to preach what makes this day special. What makes this day different? Why do we take time out of our regular worship service and put in a special kind of litany? Why do we have all saints? As opposed to just going through those actions, how do we undergird it and give more meaning? So this morning, as opposed to preaching on Lazarus, I want to talk a little bit more about All Saints Sunday and specifically the hymn, for all the saints. Like most pastors, I can be a little particular when it comes to theology. 
and there are certain things, we all, we all do it, right? What is your area of expertise? The area that you know when you hear someone say something and inside you cringe, right? Because it's like, uh, I don't know if I agree with you, but oftentimes you just kind of keep your mouth shut and you move on. But there are times when as a pastor, I really want to challenge some of these notions of what we think about God because what we think about God, I think, greatly affects what we think about the world and about our lives and how the two are connected. Does that make sense? And I think this hymn, For All the Saints, does such a great job. Such a great job. In fact, I came across this quote. Now, I forget the podcast I was listening to uh, in which the person had said, we don't sing hymns because they say what we mean, but rather by singing, our lives come to mean what they say. Does that make sense? We don't sing hymns because they say what we mean, but rather it's how does that hymn, how do those lyrics, how does that come and in a way become embodied in us? How do our lives be what we are singing? Does that make sense? So it's like we, we write these verses and we think, I don't know. We write these lyrics and we think, is that really attainable? Is that really true? Is that really possible? And we doubt and we wonder, but we want to become what we are singing. Does that make sense? So one of those ways in which I can be particular a lot of times is what are some of the hymns that we sing and should we sing them or should we not sing them? Is it appropriate? Is it not? I, anybody ever hear of the hymn, How Great Thou Art? I love it. There is nothing better when you sing the refrain of How Great Thou Art and you sing it a cappella. Oh my gosh. It right? Our singing carries ourselves. And that's not to diminish at all what Jonathan and John do, but just something about that tune. It just lifts you and oh, there is a line in there, I cringe every time we sing it. Because I think, oh, that's not quite what we believe. But we let it go. Um, and it's when Christ shall come and take me home. Does that ring a bell in you, right? Theologically, as Lutherans, we don't believe we are going to die and then go home. And we've talked about this before, as if we're in this world and our goal is to escape it, to go somewhere else. Rather, theologically, and this is what's so important about that reading of Revelation, the whole point of that reading of Revelation is not that we are going somewhere else, but the way the whole story comes to this big consummation is that God returns to be with God's people and all is made new. Until that time comes in which Christ returns, right, death is still a very real part of our lives. But there is a day coming in the future in which God comes and God's home is among the mortals and death shall be no more. Pain and crying shall be no more. Every tear shall be wiped away. Right? As opposed to going somewhere, 
God is returning here. Which means if God's returning here and we're not just escaping, how do we live our lives here today? What does it mean for our lives to be lived as those who have gone before, those saints who in that hymn we just sang, For all the saints who from their labors rest, who have lived who we've loved, who have fiercely loved us, right? I like to say that rest with God in a new way. The work is done. And are still waiting for that final day of consummation in which death is no more. And all shall be raised, the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. That's how scripture ends, Revelation. That's what I love about this hymn for all the saints, is it really takes us through that. Verse 1, for all the saints who from their labors rest. It names the reality of the world and it points out those people who we've loved and lost. You all can think of them right now, can't you? Maybe you knew them for a moment. Maybe you knew them for a lifetime but those whom we cannot physically touch anymore. Those saints who from their labor rest. And then it names our present reality too. If you look in verse 3, O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle. Anybody struggle in life sometimes? <laughs> We do. We're still in the thick of it. Our work is not done. They've done their work. We're in the midst of our work. Not just waiting around. This is why the best analogy that I can come up with about not going somewhere else when we die is we are not in a waiting room. Does that make sense? You ever been to the doctor? You show up 15 minutes early for your appointed time. You check in. You have a seat. And what do you do during that supposed 15 minutes while you're waiting for your name to be called, right? Each time a nurse comes out or somebody comes out, and you're like, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? Is it my turn? And so while you're waiting, just biding your time, making yourself as comfortable as possible, aren't you? Most of us pull out our phone. You scroll through social media. You play Candy Crush or Words with Friends. Maybe if you're younger, you're playing Retro Bowl. Most of you, do you know what I'm talking about, Retro Bowl? Yeah, Jeremiah, there you go. But you're making yourself comfortable until your name gets called. It's kind of like, don't bother me. If somebody sits down and starts talking next to you, what are your reaction most of the time? Hmm. I'm going to stay in my little bubble till it's my turn to go. I 
think at times, maybe is that a microcosm for our life? Just, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to stay in my bubble. I'm going to do my thing. Don't bother me. I won't bother you until it's whenever God calls me home. And I'm just waiting for that future time. As opposed to, we have work to do. To be in community. To imagine what is that coming day going to be, right? Whenever Christ comes again and all is made new, this sign that Revelation speaks to, that's what I really like. This is why I wanted, while there are seven verses in for all the saints, it's why I wanted to stop at verse 6. It is my favorite verse. We've had people died. We have us still working. But then there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. It's pointing to this future hope in which those who have died and those who are still here, but a day is coming, a yet more glorious day in which all the saints triumphant, all those who have lived and died in Christ are made new, and this new kingdom, this new world begins. That Revelation points to of death being no more, of pain no more, of wiping every tear from their eye. Who's looking forward to that day? And yet we are not there. We have work to do. So this day isn't just about remembering those who have gone before us. It is a big part of it. And I hope you come forward in communion and you think about think about someone who loved you. Who taught you the faith. Who showed you what it means to forgive of what it means to be an unconditional love. And you light that candle for him. And then you remember, you get to be that for somebody else. That you have the opportunity, you are a saint, which someone looks to you and says, that's what love is. Somebody looks to you, says, that's what I learned about forgiveness. Somebody looks to you and says, in their eyes, I got a glimpse of the eyes of Christ. For all the saints who from their labors rest and whose labors are still ongoing. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.